The views and opinions of shows on KCNR are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of KCNR Radio. Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Patricia Bay, and you are listening to KCNR 1460 AM Radio. My name is Dr. Patty, and my show is called Therapy in a Nutshell. It's named after the book that I wrote that teaches the basic lessons that I've taught in my therapy practice over the past 30-plus years. So if you've been looking for some help, my book's a great place to start, and listening to this show is going to give you some things to think about, some tools to use in your relationships and in your life, and my goal is to just help heal the world one hour at a time. So welcome to KCNR. And I'm happy to be live this week. Last week we had a, a streaming problem. We, had, we were able to stream on the Internet, but we weren't live because there was an AT&T glitch going on at the station. They were able to fix that, so you're listening to me live. And I've got friends and family and clients and uh, connections all across the United States listening to the show. And actually friends in Ireland, too. So just a shout out to them. All righty. So today we are going to be talking about the issue of the home supervisor. In the 30 plus years in my private practice, I see over and over again with couples and with families, the issue of who is responsible for keeping the home running smoothly. And some families do it well. And I'm really happy to see that when I'm checking that out, when I'm talking to couples about the issues they're going through. And often families have a a pretty hard time with this issue. So we're going to be defining what it is, give you a little history and background on why I think it has become a problem. And by the end of the show, I want to give you some tools to make this run more smoothly in your own household. Because when the home supervisor role is equally shared and runs smoothly, the family just gets along so much better. So let's define it just a little bit about what it is. The home supervisor is the person, when I'm sitting there in front of a couple or a family, I'm looking for who's pretty much in charge of getting things done at home. Now, historically, this has been very traditional in roles between a husband and a wife. But we are now in the year 2019, and we have a wide variety of how families are structured. So you put whatever we're talking about into the structure for your family. Who are the people that live in this household that are responsible? Now, if you're a single parent or living alone, of course, you are the home supervisor. So I'm talking about where this gets to be a problem with couples and with whole families. And traditionally, the home supervisor was um, a very difficult role for stay-at-home moms, partly because it was what they were expected to do all the time. Now, when it was not up in question, I guess it wasn't as difficult as it might be now. But traditionally, like we look back at the parents of the 1950s and 1960s, where mostly the husband went off to work and the wife's responsibility was home and hearth and kids and all that went with that. So as things evolved and women began to go out into the workplace, 
in the very beginning, like I remember my dad telling my mom she could go to work. She had gotten her early preschool education degree, and she wanted to go teach preschool. And I remember him saying to her, if you can do your job at home and keep everything going and work, then you can work. And I remember even as a little kid thinking, whoa, that's kind of interesting (laughs) to hear that. But that was a very typical thing back in the 60s. So women were, uh, were supposed to be the home supervisors, and they were supposed to keep things going. Now, as we evolve through time, and women are back in the workplace, I often hear in my office and from friends and people that I know well saying, but I still have to do all the home supervisor stuff. When uh, in my marriage to Rich, where uh, he died a few years ago, and um, he was, uh, we were together for 39 years. So we spent about the first 10 years of our marriage going round and round about this issue. And I used to say to him, I want your job. I want to come home from work and be done. I want to sit down and be done. And and he would just kind of look at me, and then he, I think he felt guilty. But we would kind of duke it out a lot, saying, how are we going to do this differently? So it was over about a 10-year span of time, back from the time in our 20s to 30s, that we started to get a balance. And it was really important. I remember my mom coming to visit after we had moved to Reading, and my mom said to me, you are so lucky Rich helps you so much. And I looked at her and I said, Mom, this is our house, our children, our chores. He doesn't help me. We work together as a team. It took my mom a good five years to start to redo that wording. And then she started to say, you are so, wait, wait, uh, you and Rich are such a good team. And it was true. We learned to develop to be a good team. So, That's what we're going to be talking about here today, that home supervisor role and how burdensome it is if there's one person that is overwrought with all the things that have to be done. So I want you to think about what those roles entail. Um, Who makes all the dental appointments for kids? Who does the doctor's appointment? Who's in charge of homework, grocery shopping, cleaning out the refrigerator, the laundry, folding of the laundry? Um, And then, that you know, that list goes on and on and on. And then we talk about who's in charge of the outside of the house and all of that. So we're going to take a look at how to break this up, how to talk about it, and how to structure it so nobody's disgruntled and upset. And that's, that's really our whole goal here is how to get along, how to make this healthy, and how to model it for our families and our children and things like that in a healthy manner. So um, I want to take a minute before we go to break to put a shout-out to OsteoStrong here in Reading. OsteoStrong sponsors my show for this month of January, and they are absolutely incredibly amazing. They're a great place to go and work your body to help build your bone density to offset osteoporosis and stop going into that really negative place as we age. I've been doing OsteoStrong for about 14 months, and I have bone density reports that show when I started what it was, and I have increased my bone density 5.5% over that 14 months. That is a significant increase, and I know it was due to working out at OsteoStrong because I had had a problem with my foot, and I wasn't able to do anything else, so it was OsteoStrong that I was doing. So um, call OsteoStrong. They're really cost-effective, and it's very simple to go and work out. I'll tell you more about it later in the show. So today, again, just before we go to break, we are discussing the idea of the home supervisor role in our families, in our marriages, in our relationships. 
and who's responsible for what. So if you'd like to call in, the number for the show is area code 530-605-4567. Real easy number to remember, 4567 at the end. You can call in at break and ask a question. Feel free to join us on the live chat and ask any questions. I'll try to keep an eye on it. I'm learning how to watch the chat as I'm talking at the same time so I can maybe address some of your questions that come through. But I don't want you to feel like you're interrupting the show. I want you to be able to call in. So at the break's a great time, and my producer in there will put him put you through to me, and we can talk for a second. So this is Dr. Patricia Bay. And we are listening to Therapy in a Nutshell, talking about the home supervisor. Be back in a couple minutes. Purpose-driven banking. That's the vision behind the founding of Five Star Bank in 1999. Services inspired by partnership and defined by shared vision and goals. Five Star Bank, a champion of local economic development and community stewardship. Your success is their success. Now that's smart people doing good business. In a world that's both more connected and more isolated by high-tech, Five Star Bank brings you a personal touch to small business banking, cash management, and online services. Five Star Bank, consistently rated among the very best by industry associations, rating agencies, and, of course, customers and partners just like you. Your partner in success is Five Star Bank. FiveStarBank.com. Visit your local branch at 358 Hartnell and Redding. Progressive, professional, personal. That's Five Star Bank. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. The average adult has issued 32 troopers that with proper care and just a little discipline should serve you well during your entire tour of duty on this planet. They're called your teeth. But when your platoon gets out of line, holes in the formation, or other problems, you need to call in an expert like General, uh, Dr. William Farrell. With decades of experience keeping those troops in line and executing their assigned duties properly and dependably. If you'd rather not be there while he reestablishes order amongst the troops, Dr. Farrell offers sedation dentistry. He and his highly trained staff will whip your troops into shape without any discomfort. And having served himself in both the Navy and the Marine Corps, Dr. Farrell offers special consideration to veterans. Let him take the best care of your platoon of teeth, and they will serve you always. Call 547-5757 or visit palocedrodentistry.com. At ease. And for a limited time, Dr. Farrell is offering x-ray, exam, and cleaning for just $175. Call 547-5757 to schedule your visit. Improve your health with OsteoStrong. Not a drug, not a gym, just 10 minutes a week. One thing we all have in common, a skeletal system. By implementing the OsteoStrong strategy, you may experience the following results. Less joint and back pain, improved bone density, improved posture, improved balance, and improved athletic performance. To learn more about OsteoStrong, visit Linda and Ken in the Cypress Square Shopping Center, 243 Athens Avenue, or give them a call at 215-3115. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. This is Dr. Patricia Bay, Dr. Patty, and we're talking about an issue that often affects families and couples. This issue we're discussing is the role of the home supervisor. Who is in charge of all that needs to happen in a home to keep it running? And what I'm sharing with you is that over the 30-plus years of my private practice, I have seen many, many people struggle with this issue. I'd like to 
remind you all, too, that it is not a gender issue. It isn't always the woman who's the home supervisor and it isn't always the man. It, it varies. Now, I will tell you statistically, in my office over 30 years, it is often the woman who is sitting there saying, I'm tired of being responsible for everything. He doesn't have to think about anything but getting up and going to work. And he'll do anything I ask him to do, but he can't seem to see it or think about it or do it for the family or for himself. This reminds me of how we often see people who can't do something. Like what comes to mind is I remember watching this YouTube video and there's this man saying, my wife doesn't let me fold the sheets because this is how I fold sheets. And he does this big old wad up thing with the sheet and stuffs it in the closet. And the wife is in the background shaking her head like, no, that's not going to work. And it dawned on me while I was watching that, that how convenient is that? If this guy doesn't have to learn how to fold the sheets and she won't let him wad them up and stuff them in the linen closet, which looks absolutely horrible, we know that, then he escapes from ever having to fold the sheets. And I'm thinking, what a cop-out. And what's so funny is I hear men in my office that are engineers, they're uh, doctors, lawyers, they're all sorts of things that have gone to school, they're very smart, they can do anything, but they can't learn how to fold a bottom sheet. What's up with that? So it becomes very convenient that somebody doesn't like to or doesn't want to do certain things. And I get it that we all have our preferences. Like, I do not like to do dog poop. Okay? So if you really love me, you'll do the dog poop and you'll also roll up poses. I don't like to roll up poses either. Doesn't mean I can't or I won't, but it's not my preference. So I would happily iron your shirt if you'll go out and pick up the dog poop. So I'm willing to trade. But we don't always find that kind of balance in households and in homes. What I hear in my office a lot is he goes to work, he comes home, he sits down, turns on the news, puts his feet up, gets a beer, and I'm racing around trying to hang up my coat, rag on the kids to get their homework done, start dinner. And then after dinner, um, here's the real typical thing. I'll do those dishes in the morning. Uh, yeah, babe, that works really well because I get up in the morning to fix breakfast or to get the kids off to school, and there's the dirty dishes sitting there. So it leaves this whole big void of who's responsible for what and who's going to step up and do things. I can't tell you how many times in 30-plus years I have heard from mostly women, but not always, can't he see that the trash is full? And then he says, well, I'll empty the trash anytime she asks me to. And I get the eye roll, you know, or the head, little head shake. It's Can't he see the trash is full, too? But it's more than just those tiny little chores. It's things like who sets all the dental appointments for the kids? Who organizes the weekly schedule? Okay, the kids have to be here then and there and this way. And who picks them up from school here? And how are they going to get from the dentist back to the soccer practice? And it, it's a mirage of um, trying to you know, trying to get things going and and keep it all on track and doing things. We've got a caller on the line. So, Tom, we're going to bring you on and let you make a comment or ask a question. Welcome, Tom. Well, thank you, Dr. Patty and my friend. Mm -hmm. So I heard you say that uh, the responsibility was not a gender thing. 
but uh, for somebody in their 70s, gender in terms of the household, as you said, uh, wives were tired, and it's always my responsibility. But there was always that uh, division in there that the guy did this and the woman did that. How do you transcend that? How do you combine that together? What's a, a, a good uh, thought, if you will, to bring that conversation between the two? I think that's a really good question, Tom, and I see that happen often in my practice, uh, especially when people retire and all of a sudden the shift in the balance of time is very different. And I'm assuming that in your 70s you and your wife are retired and you're you're restructuring how you've done what you used to you do it differently now than you did 20 or 30 years ago. Correct? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Okay, so I think one of the biggest things is people don't know how to talk about this to each other. And we also we also get into ruts. If you and your wife had a specific structure to your household responsibilities, then you kind of tend to try and keep that going once you retire. The, the typical thing I've heard for people in the 50, 60, 70-year-old age brackets is he does the outside work and she does the inside work. And I used to think, when I used to hear that a lot, I think, well, that that's kind of interesting. I want to clean the rain gutters twice a year and mow the lawn once a week. And it, it doesn't always work out. It leaves her still feeling disgruntled. So what did you and your wife do to restructure the choice? Do you have a more equal relationship now in terms of who's responsible for what? Well, I think, uh, I think our transition went from, uh, of course, both of us worked all the time. We had no children or anything like that. But early on, uh, we shared the household deals, but she did all the finances. And since then, of course, we've moved in, and we have a mother-in-law that lives in. We have other responsibilities. And so, actually, now I'm doing all of the finance and the critical decisions, and she's doing stuff in the house that she didn't have to do before. So it's a really odd shift in our particular case. And do you ever talk about it out loud, or did you just kind of fall into it and let it start going oh, like it is? Well, <laughs> uh, I think <laughs> I love that laugh. <laughs> yeah, I think it goes back to what you said: is that it is the most difficult issue because, it, it, in in most respects, even in our our case, talking about any issue is the most difficult part to bring up, and to bring it up, and I would say. That would be my question. How do you do it without putting pressure on either party? That is a perfect way to say it. You want it to be amicable and working it out, not saying you don't and you hurt my feelings and you didn't do this. You want it to be a working it out thing. And I actually have an exercise that I'm going to give you probably after we take the next break, which won't be for a little bit. We still have some more time right now. But after the next break, I'm going to give you a way to talk to each other about it and start to define it differently in your relationship and divide it up in a more uh, fair and amicable way, at least to talk about it out loud. And it's it's a really cool exercise that works with just couples or works with whole families or even if you're living with blended families in the house, you know, more than one family. It'll work. So I really appreciate your question, Tom, and, and how to really resolve this so that it works out well and you can talk about it. So we will do that when we're back from the next break. So I appreciate you calling. Thank you so much. All right. Love you. Love you, too. Bye. (laughs) That's a great laugh. I love that. Uh, That was 
Tom Berg, who has been a friend of mine for a very long time, and he lives way up in Orcas Island in Washington. And I love it that you're listening, Tom. Thanks a bunch. Say hi to Carol. So we're going to get back to, when, we're, when we come back later, how do we actually talk about this? But what I want you to do is stop and say, do you feel good about how the responsibilities within your household are divided up? Do you find yourself saying, I'd rather do it myself because it's easier to, to just do it than argue about it or ask somebody to help me? Uh, that doesn't work either. You know, that, that creates some resentment and ill feelings towards everybody around you. But you also, it's not fun to look like the nag or the person who's constantly begging, you know, pay attention here, everybody step up, do your thing, come on, it isn't just me that made this mess. Um, That is such a crummy role to be in, that nagging, mommy, get off your butt and get your stuff done person. It, It doesn't feel good. We want it to be more seamless than that. So we are definitely going to be working on an exercise and when we come back for the next break on how do we divide that up and make it a better thing and make it go just more smoothly. So for those of you just tuning in, we're talking about the role of the home supervisor and how are those chores divided up. And what I'm wanting you to think about right now is how much do you participate? You yourself, are you the home supervisor or do you Share that. And do you share that well? Somebody can't relinquish. Sometimes they can't relinquish control. And then how has that changed for you over time? I I look back at when my dad retired, and for some reason he stepped into starting to do the dishes, which was very unusual because my dad basically went to work and came home his whole life. And my mom did everything. But my dad started to do the dishes. And he started telling my mom that she had no clue how to load the dishwasher. And my dad was an electronical engineer, very anal, very you know, just so, very perfectionistic. And I remember watching my mom and dad get in this fight. I was an adult, and they're in the kitchen, and my dad is rearranging the dishwasher because my mom did it wrong. And my mom looked at him, and she said, Jack Young, I have been doing the dishes for 70 years without you. I never had you fix the dishwasher before. Why now? And it was, I was just watching, smirking. Of course, I'm a therapist sitting there watching my parents, but... It was funny because my dad was going to kick in and make it all right. And so I looked at my mom and I said, Mom, let him do it. Back off. And she went, yeah, you're right. And so she packed off, literally walked out of the kitchen and let my dad redo all the dishes. So, you know, it's it's funny because we do things differently and we have methods of how we want things done. And some people are more OCD, or as we joke around in my family about it, it's CDO, compulsive disorder, obsessions, because CDO is in alphabetical order and OCD is not. But some people have to have things done just right. And if they're not for a minute in your own head, how well do you balance between you and your partner in the house? And what do you do when you have a new partner? Now, I have a new partner in my life right now, wonderful man. Hi, honey. I hope he's listening. And we talk about this now. How do we structure this and how is it going to work? And how can we do it without anger and resentment? So it's a very important topic. I also wanted to tell you, my producer reminded me to tell you, you can call into the show at any time at 530-605-4567. If I'm talking, I don't want you to feel like you're interrupting me. Uh, My producer, Jared, will screen your call and get a question and get it to me. Or he'll put you on hold and have you wait until we have a, 
a moment where I can take your call. So don't hesitate to call in if you've got a question or just a comment. And also feel free to join us on the live chat on KCNR1460.com. So we're going to go to break in just a moment. And when we come back, I want to give you an exercise that will help you explore the home supervisor role and who's responsible for what and how you can divide that up in a healthy manner and share it well. So we're going to go to break, and remember to call OsteoStrong at 530-215-3115. Build that bone density with Ken and Linda Burbank. Join Aaron Ryan and Bill Cundiff for We the People Radio every Sunday from noon to 2. Our interviews on them give you the whole story rather than the mainstream media sound bites. Here on KCNR 1460 AM, we've got the experts on politics, environmental craziness, veterans' affairs, property rights, Agenda 21, foreign affairs, and everything in between. The archives are always available online at wethepeopleradio.us. It's the most fun you can have while talking about the world. Join Aaron and Bill this Sunday at noon for We the People. You'll hear great authors and commentators, professors and scientists, activists and military experts, researchers and whistleblowers, all spending time to inform Inform us about their areas of expertise. We the People, brought to you by Team Power of Shasta Lake, your local Kubota and John Deere dealer. Call them at 530-226-9226. We the People on AM 1460 KCNR. Hi, this is Judy Maxwell with Maxwell Insurance and Financial. As a community, we are all recovering from the car fire. We understand the seriousness of this disaster and the frustration of dealing with the insurance companies. Insurance policies can be very difficult to understand. If you have questions about your insurance policy and need help in any way, please feel free to give us a call at 221-0441. This is Judy Maxwell with Maxwell Insurance and Financial. Securities offered through Mutual of Omaha Investor Services Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Mutual of Omaha Investor Services Incorporated, a FEC-registered investment advisory firm. Judy Maxwell, representative. Maxwell Insurance and Financial and Mutual of Omaha Investor Services Incorporated are not affiliated. The information presented is intended for educational purposes only. It is not intended to replace the advice of an attorney or a qualified tax professional. This is not an offer or solicitation in any jurisdiction where they are not authorized to do business. Registered branch address, 1378 Hilltop Drive, Redding, California, 9600. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. I'm Dr. Patricia Pay. You can call me Dr. Patty. You are listening to the beautiful flute music of Randy McGinnis, Native American flutist. So we're talking today about the home supervisor role and how that's divided up in your household. And who is the boss? Who's the home supervisor? Who makes a lot of the decisions? And it's really interesting because the person who makes some decisions might not be the person who makes other decisions. And that's okay because there is a lot involved in keeping our households running and making our households a home. And there's a difference between a structure and a home. We all know that. Home is where our heart is. And we want that to be as peaceful and seamless as it can be. So in this role of home supervisor, before the break, I wanted you thinking about what do you do and what do the other people in your household do as well? And do you share? Do you share responsibility? Can you give up some responsibility? Can you allow someone to fold the towels and they're not folded exactly the way you would fold them? 
or do you have to go back and refold them all? What are you like, and how easy is it to work with you? I wanted you to think about yourself and how what energy you bring to the table first. But what I'd like to do is give you a tool to how to talk about this home supervisor role. An exercise that I've used for many, many years with families and couples is I have them sit down and do a wonderful exercise. And this is great to do with your kids right there sitting at the table. You get a piece of paper and you write down all the daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly chores that it takes to run your household. You're not saying who does what. And the person who's the home supervisor now is probably the one who's going to be throwing in more of the things because there's so much that happens in a household that no one is aware of. I, When my kids were growing up, I used to think, I wonder if they think some fairy comes in the middle of the night and does the laundry and folds it and puts it back in their drawers. So, you know, not everybody sees what the home supervisor does. But what are the daily weekly, monthly, and yearly chores that happen in your house. So let's picture that you're sitting at the kitchen table and you've got your kids there. I don't care if they're grown kids, little kids, five-year-olds, doesn't matter. You're starting to give them the idea, we work as a team in this household. So let's talk about some of the daily chores that we do. I mean, some of them are obvious, right? Cooking, dishes, emptying the dishwasher, um, laundry, trash, Um, turning the lights out at night, locking the doors, feeding the dog, uh, filling the dog's water bowl, um, that kind of stuff. Now let's go to a kind of a different layer of daily chores. Who picks up the emergency stuff? The dog knocked over the plant in the family room and there's dirt everywhere. Does your family just track through the dirt and just see it and nobody stops to pick it up? They wait for you to do it? What, What happens in your house? Does the trash overflow until somebody has a wobbly and tells you to do it. I love that word, by the way. You'll hear me use that. In England, they call a temper tantrum a wobbly. And I think that's so perfect. <laughs> so having a wobbly and getting it done is not what we want to have happen. So when we look at those daily chores, there's tons of them. Right down to who sets the alarm clock to get up in the morning. Who makes sure the kids are out of bed. Uh, that They've got their backpacks when they leave for school. Who, set, who you know, calls the dentist and you know, gets an appointment for them when they've got a toothache. So those are all the kind of daily and immediate things that have to happen in a family. Let's talk about some of the weekly chores. Who mows the lawn? It's usually a weekly job, except for sometimes when your lawn's buried in snow. But weekly chores, like um, emptying the gar- putting the garbage out on the street for the garbage person. Um, think of it. What do you do? Watering the plants. Um, emptying... You know, cleaning out the refrigerator and getting rid of all the stuff that you meant to eat and refix and didn't. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of weekly chores that have to happen as well. Then monthly chores, paying bills, um, arranging for things to be done, hooking up with friends and other family, uh, arranging the family dinner, um, And things like uh, whose birthdays are coming up and what holidays are there and how are we structuring for that. And it's, you know, those kind of chores. I I saw on Facebook this last Christmas, my husband is going to be so surprised when he sees what he bought everybody for Christmas. (laughs) I thought, yeah, that's kind of what happens. I hear that all the time, too. Who's responsible for pulling off Christmas and Thanksgiving and, you know, making all that happen? So then go to some of the yearly chores. 
How often do the rain gutters have to be cleaned out? In Reading, we have to clean them out about every six months at the very least, sometimes more. But those bigger kind of chores, um, who power washes the sidewalk when it gets all yucky and moldy or mildewy or whatever, um, trimming trees, uh, outdoor chores, and then big indoor chores. Have you ever looked down at your tile and said, yeah, this year I'm going to clean the grout? Oh, that's a huge job. <laughs> so think of those kind of things just to keep the maintenance up on your house, to get the dog to the vet for shots, the, um, the gutters, the, the big chores that have to be done. I remember when I was a kid and my mom used to say, nobody's going anywhere on Saturday till we get the garage cleaned out. I own you Saturdays. And we'd all just roll our eyes and go, Ugh, okay. But she was the home supervisor, and that garage wasn't going to get straightened out unless she made us do that. Because I tell you what, my siblings and I were not going to stand up and say, oh, let's clean the garage out. It's a mess. It was my mom's job to call everybody to task because she was the home supervisor. So in this exercise, when you list your daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly chores, you can... You can get kind of creative with this. I've seen families come back in with spreadsheets and uh, boards and, you know, wipe off boards and all sorts of stuff. So you can get creative. Then what you do is you have everybody pick daily chores until they are all chosen. Now, obviously, if you've got a three-year-old or a five-year-old, your five-year-old might not be emptying the dishwasher, but your five-year-old might be emptying the silverware from the dishwasher or doing one piece of that as we begin to get them ready to participate. So everybody chooses a daily chore until they're all chosen. Then everybody chooses a weekly chore until they're all chosen. Then you figure out how the monthly chores are going to get done. And then you talk about how are the yearly chores going to get done. Say dad's the one that's getting up on the ladder and cleaning out the rain gutters. Your 10-year-old might be down below with the the trash bag picking up what falls out and, you know, needs to be put away properly. It's teaching the whole family, we all participate here. I'll tell you, if families have come back in and couples have come back in and said, I never stopped to think how many chores there were on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis and yearly basis that keep this house running. And I've actually had people say, I was kind of chagrined to feel like I wasn't aware and I wasn't really pulling my weight and helping. So to continue with the exercise, after everybody has chosen their chores, you write them out on the list. With little kids, it's really cool that when they finish their chore, they get a sticker or they get a smiley face or they get recognition somehow. Um, But it means they have to say to mom or dad, I I took out the trash, I did my daily chore, and, and everybody goes, hey, that's great. Let's go put a smiley face on the chart. So you can make a chore chart. You can divide it up by person. You can like, get creative. Make it really fun. But you do this for a whole month, and everybody has that chore. And then at the end of the month, you can put all the chores back on the table again, and everybody can choose again. You go around the table, and somebody says, I didn't mind cleaning the toilets. It took me two minutes, so I want that chore again. Or they can say, hey, I'm getting rid of that one. I really disliked having that chore for the whole month. So you get to change it around. You get to bargain with people. Like you can, I've had families before say, I'll give you my toilets for your trash. And and that's fine. You do what you 
are most capable of doing and are most willing to do. So it's kind of a fun way to really divide up the chores. It's a super eye-opener for what it takes to run a household. And it's really good as we're training teenagers and young adults to what does it take to run a house? Because so often they don't know and they don't think about it. So some of the, the daily and weekly and monthly chores, too, are not just the hands-on sort of things like the trash and the dog and all that. It's who's going to pay the bills and who's going to decide what happens with trying to save for a vacation and who decides where to go and who actually has to do all the work of booking the vacation and all of that kind of stuff. You put together a family meeting and you talk about what has to be done and who's going to do it. And I'm not saying that you let your 15-year-old pay the bills. I could never have given up that kind of control. It was too important. And so you decide, these are things I can share and I need to share and I need to allow people to learn how to do and I need to let go of being perfectionistic about them. And these are the things that I I need to keep in my own realm of my chores. So that's really important. So when we come back after this next break, I want to give you a way to talk with your family and have a really cool family meeting. And your first order of business for your family meeting is going to be how to divide up the chores, like you just learned how. So before we go to break, I want to do another shout-out to OsteoStrong because they're sponsoring my show for January, and I'm deeply grateful for that. Ken and Linda Burbank own OsteoStrong on Athens Boulevard, and it is a great place to go work out quickly, 10, 15 minutes a week. Um, you do some uh, exercises on their machine. It stresses your body in a way that helps you create bone density. It's not a bad stress. It's a good stress that we need to put weight onto our core and build bone density. I've increased my bone density 5.5% over the last 14 months, and I'm really grateful for that. It's also super cost-effective. So give Ken and Linda a call at area code 530-215-3115. So when we come back, we're going to do an exercise on how to talk to each other in a really fun way with your family. Hi, I'm Sharon Clark of Home Helpers. It's amazing to look back at all the families we've touched since 2004, but our clients say it best. I want to express my deep appreciation for the love and support you and your So fortunate to have an organization like Home Helpers. You never know how much your contribution meant or how greatly you touched our lives. Thank you so much for helping me care for my husband. After hearing what it's meant to them, I truly can't imagine doing anything else. When you need help for your loved one, choose Home Helpers. There is no place like home. KCNR rolls into 2019 with great changes to our programming. Weekday mornings, wake up with the Sue McLean News Hour, followed by Free Fire Radio, your town hall of the Shasta, 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 Student to Three. Find your financial peace with Dave Ramsey. Three to six, it's the hard-hitting constitutional expert, Mark Levin. Monday through Thursdays at 6 p.m., local shows feature everything from the paranormal to pop culture to unsung heroes of our area. 7 to 9, Ben Shapiro with an expanded program that brings the issues of the day to your radio. And finish your weekday with the Chris Plant Show, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. KCNR, 1460 a.m. and soon on 96.5 FM. Now, more than ever, we are your locally owned, community-connected radio station. 
Founded in 1995, GI Pathology is the only physician-owned laboratory in the United States dedicated solely to the practice of gastrointestinal and liver pathology. The company provides the highest quality GI pathology diagnosis made exclusively by one of our fellowship-trained gastrointestinal and liver pathologists. GI Pathology delivers results to its Northern California client base within an industry-leading 24 hours. Call 888-2-GI-PATH or go to www.gipath.com for more information. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. I'm Dr. Patricia Bay, and we're talking about the home supervisor role. I'd like to thank Randy McGinnis for allowing us to play his beautiful Native American flute music here on my show. You can listen to more of his music on Spotify or YouTube. You can go to his website, randymcginnis.com, and you can also buy his stuff on CD Baby, iTunes, and Amazon. All righty. We're talking about the home supervisor. And I want to give you an exercise that you can, it'll help you communicate with your family. I have used this many, many times with families, and they actually have a lot of fun with it. And I think that it has changed some families and saved them as well. So uh, just before I give you this, we've got a caller on the line, and I want to talk to Lisa for just a minute, and then I'll give you how to do this exercise. Lisa, you're live. Hi, Dr. Patty. Hi. I'm actually calling for a friend. Okay. Because um, she uh, didn't feel she didn't feel comfortable calling him, but I told her I would call for her. And her question is, how about the hubby that doesn't parent the kids? He leaves it all to her, and doesn't know how to approach him about it. Right. How to discuss that she feels burdened with all the discipline, like she's the bad guy and he's the good guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that plus just in general that she um, does all the disciplining. Yeah. And not and even necessarily being r- a good guy or a bad guy. And what's really cool, Lisa, about what you're talking about is disciplining the kids and keeping that kind of um, towing the line, sort of not, not overly so, but towing the line and doing the chores and, and getting things done and kids needing to be called on the carpet for things they're doing wrong. If that falls all to one parent, that, that can be under that home supervisor role, and the other person who's not disciplined and not participating can kind of skate. And that setup for our mm-hmm. children where one's a good guy and one's a bad guy is not a good role for our kids. They learn how to polarize no. parents. They learn how to manipulate and get in the middle. One of the things that's pretty cool that I is if she's here locally in Redding, California, um, I and it, even if she's not, there's website available for this. But there's a parenting style called Parenting with Love and Logic, and Shasta Community mm-hmm. Education is doing a six-week course on Thursday nights, um, just for I think it's only two hours every Thursday night, and it's super inexpensive. It's like a hundred and nine dollars for a couple to go to for mm-hmm. six two-hour class sessions that. That alone would be worth a ton of therapy. That is so cost-effective. But they would, she and her husband would learn how to share that parenting more and how to get on the same page with what they're going to do to the, with the kids. And so if, he, if she could say to him, look, I really want us to take this class together so we can learn how to parent our children the same way, and I'm tired of being the bad guy all the time. Please join me. 
sometimes just dragging mm-hmm. them to the class for the first couple of classes, and then they see that it's kind of fun and kind of cool and very positive. They could get involved with it. So tell her about mm-hmm. that class at Shasta Community College. And, um, okay, I've heard and of it. Mm-hmm. And that's a really a good idea for a whole show on um, parenting skills and and talking about that and how to keep it equal. I will do that. Tell mm-hmm. tell your friend thank you for the thought. <laughs> I appreciate oh, it. I will. Thank you, Lisa, Definitely. for calling in. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I really enjoy your show. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad you're liking it. Thank you. Take care. Mm -hmm. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Lisa, for calling it. It's fun to know that people out there are listening. So uh, Tom and Lisa, you're getting a shout-out from me going, thank you, thank you. All right. So we're going to teach – I want to teach you how to have a family meeting. Okay, here's the basis of it. You get your family around the kitchen table – And it's kind of fun to make the night that you have family meeting night be a fun night, like you have pizza or whatever. Um, So each time you have this family meeting, you take turns being the leader of the meeting, which is really good for kids. Even if your five-year-old gets to be leader this time, it's teaching um, organizational and leadership skills. So everybody joins in around the table, and the rules are nobody interrupts anybody. Somebody leads it, and you stay on task. So write this down. The format for your family meeting is going to be this. The first thing you're going to do is share appreciations. So appreciations. Sound that out if you can't spell it. In appreciations, each person goes around the table and says, I appreciate this about you. The only answer to an appreciation is thank you. You don't get to take the floor back. You don't get to deny it. You don't get to get all embarrassed. You get to say thank you. And an appreciation could be something as simple as last night when we were sitting on the couch laughing and talking and watching that comedy show, it was just fun, and I appreciate having that time with you. That's fine. It might be as simple as, I appreciate that you've been putting the toilet seat down more. I'm really glad not to fall in in the middle of the night. (laughs) That's okay. The only answer to an appreciation is thank you. Then the next thing, and each person goes around and gives the appreciation to every other person at the table. Now, granted, you don't have 15 people at the table. Usually you've got, so you've got a family of four. So, and your five-year-old's leading the meeting. The five-year-old says, okay, Ani, what are your appreciations for everybody? And you can help the five-year-old lead. That's okay. But you go around and do your appreciations. Then the next section is you do gripes. This is something you've been doing that bothers me. And the only answer to a gripe is okay. Later, if you think it was uh, unfair or not true, you can talk to the person who gave you that gripe after the meeting's all over. But during the meeting, it might be as simple as, nobody's been taking out the trash, and that was your chore. Or I have a gripe with you, Sally. You, you were supposed to take out the trash, and you haven't been doing that. So the only answer to a gripe is okay. And these are really important because children today... Many people today have no idea how to receive a compliment by saying thank you. They have no idea how to receive a gripe without getting full of blame or denial or projection or getting all defensive. So an answer to a gripe is, okay, I hear you. All right, that's it. Then after the gripes are over, that's a time that anybody can share something of importance. Now, sometimes sharing gets skipped. Sometimes it's Uh, Dad and I have figured out where we're going on our family vacation this year, and we want to talk to you guys about it. We're going to go to Disneyland. Okay, that would be a cool sharing. Um, Another sharing might be uh, we need to let you know that someone in the family is ill. All right? So sharing is important, and everybody listens. Then after sharing, you have old business that you talk about. 
And in your first meeting, you won't have old business. So you discuss whatever you discussed in the last meeting. How's that going? And then you discuss new business. So besides a leader for this family meeting, somebody plays secretary. And this role changes every time. The leader changes every time and the secretary changes every time. But it's the secretary's job to write down the old business and the new business. So for this first meeting, you're going to do your new business is dividing up the chores, trying to take the load off the home supervisor who's been way too burdened. So you're going to do the daily, weekly, monthly, yearly chores, divide them all up, and the secretary's taking notes. Somebody says, I'll make a chart. Somebody says, I'll go get stickers for positive reinforcement. And you divide up how you're going to do this and how you're going to pull it off. Not just talking about the home supervisor whining about nobody helps me around here and I do it all myself. This is the productive way to try and divide that up. So you sit down and have your family meeting. You do your first meeting about the home supervisor role and the chores. And then I usually suggest that families have a meeting once a week until they get current. Current is the thing that I think all couples and all families should guard If you are not current in your relationship or your family, there are things you are not talking about, resentments that are being held, anger that is building. So you have a weekly meeting until you get current. And then you'll find out you just still need to meet every week. So at the very least, I meet once a month. And it's really kind of fun to say, you know, the first Wednesday of every month, we have our family meeting. We have pizza that night. It's it's cool. Or we make our famous hamburgers. You know, something so that the kids end up growing up with, we had communication. It was safe to have a gripe without being in trouble. It was, we learned how to express appreciation for each other. And we learned how to run our household together so that everybody participated. It's super positive. It's kind of fun. It's um, effective. And it's really healthy communication. So let's go back to Tom's earlier question. How could he and his wife do this being a retired couple they don't have kids at home they so can they sit down and do a family meeting like this sure absolutely be ready for the first time you do this or if you're listening and you say to your family i, I learned this thing on um, dr patty's wonderful therapy in a nutshell show <laughs> and i want to try it they're all going to roll their eyes and say oh God, mom's got another great idea so just ask them to please humor you and to please try it And you would really appreciate it because once they do it and a family meeting is really kind of fun, they don't mind doing it again. That's been my experience over teaching many, many families how to do this. Now, let's let's project this out a little bit. As we are teaching our children, our teenagers, our young adults at home how to have good communication with you in this family of origin that you have right here, you're teaching them how to communicate at a job how to be a leader, how to supervise employees. You're teaching them how to set up their own households so that they communicate more fully. You're teaching them how, what being current with your partners in your household feels like. Because there is, current is so underrated. If you're sitting on resentments and anger and hurt things, you're not clear And that gets in the way of not only talking and being productive in your household, but it ruins the intimacy between you and your partner. You have to be current and know how you each feel in order to feel close. 
And it's easy to talk about I love you and things are good. It's not so easy to talk about the hard things. And that's what these communication exercises are for. So just in recap, before we're done for the day, we talked about the home supervisor role. Who's in charge at your house? is isn't necessarily the, the husband or the wife or the man or the woman or the one partner or the other. Someone is taking the lion's share of the home supervisor role. They need to be appreciated for that, by the way. But it's also time for that to be more thoroughly explored. So you're going to talk about that. You know, sit down and look at just the chores, all the things that it takes to run a home, to run a household, and to make it run smoothly and to be warm and cozy and fun and not angry and spiteful and fighting all the time. So then you're going to teach a family how to have a family meeting, which is also laying the groundwork for good communication in their future, in their jobs, with their own partners later in life, with uh, the employees you supervise. You can use that exact same format of family meeting to have an extremely productive business meeting in your place of work. Any of you who struggle with office politics and backbiting and gossip and nasty stuff in your office, instituting that type of meeting in your office will alleviate a lot of that. And if you do that on a regular basis in your place of business, the attitude will change. The morale will begin to change. It's kind of beautiful. So I want to thank you all for coming and tuning in today on Therapy in a Nutshell. It's based on my book, Therapy in a Nutshell, that you can get on my website, patriciabay.com, also available on Amazon. But it's the basic lessons I teach in therapy all the time. And what we're going to do here on Therapy in a Nutshell, my radio show, is I'm going to help change your life in one hour at a time, talking about really important issues for you as an individual, for your relationship, for your family, for your kids, for your businesses, whatever. But the emotional issues, the heartfelt ones, because it's really, really good in our lives to try and be solid and happy and clear. And I would like to help bring that to you one hour at a time if I can. So I want to thank you all for joining me. I want to thank Osteo Strong for sponsoring me, Ken and Linda Burbank, on Athens Avenue. You can call them at 530-215-3115. And I want to thank Randy McGinnis for allowing me to play his beautiful Native American flute music, randymcginnis.com. And I want to thank my daughter, Tara Bay, for the opening song, We Can't Do This Forever. She wrote it and produced it. It's beautiful. So take a moment to listen to Randy's music. And thank you all for coming. Let's heal the world one hour at a time. News from Town Hall is brought to you on KCNR Shasta Reading by Shasta Regional Medical Center. Your life, your health, your choice. Shasta Regional Medical Center.